Welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Robles, and today we got new features coming in iOS 16.2 very soon. Apple Music Sing, or Apple Karaoke, is launched, and they've also announced new advanced data protections. We're going to talk about all of that. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Collide, and joining me on this very special holiday episode where he and I will sing a duet. William Gallagher, how's it going, William? <laughs> right, can I leave now? Um, just <laughs> wait a minute. You didn't get the memo. You didn't uh, get the memo about the duet. Yeah, bizarre. You know, I think the thing is actually uh, I'm quite upset at the moment. I have home kit problems, and I'm quite ecstatic because a show of mine is just really nominated for an award. The little things like ruining every listener's happy day by hearing my voice didn't enter my head. I don't know why that was. No. Oh my goodness, that's crazy. William, I thought we were going to do uh, Let It Snow, Let It Snow. Well, what are the UK uh, like holiday songs that are popular? Is it the same that are over here? A Christmas song? Uh, it's weird. It is so strange. In the UK, there are no popular songs at all. What? None. We don't do any of them. We don't sing any of them. We don't know no, wait none. a minute. No, you're pulling Not my leg. one. But now, hold on a second. Does Mariah Carey run Christmas over there like she does in the US? No, we're more a Slade kind of uh, country. There. I don't know what that is. That, yes, I'm, I suddenly realized that word sounds rather bad when you don't know. S-L-A-D-E, rather than the one with the Y in it. There's a 70s band called Slade that have a particular song that is how everyone in the UK knows it is Christmas oh. because it starts being played. Actually, what is it is very good what is their like signature song what is the one that everyone plays on repeat if you're trying to get me to sing this no no I'm no gonna... <laughs> you know, i'm just asking i'm just asking okay, just being just careful uh the main line is so here it is Merry Christmas, which I've deliberately just said as flat as I possibly can, in case you're going to auto-tune or something <laughs> oh i wish i knew how to auto-tune i would love to do that now wait a minute isn't the uh, what? How do you feel about the Beatles uh, simply having a wonderful Christmas time? How do you feel about that song? Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. See exactly. That's... Uh, Kirsten McCall and the Pogues, Fairy Tale of New York. That's a Christmas song. Right. Right. Okay. That's, that's I think uh, universally like. Is this mm. a Christmas song? <laughs> I was just thinking. Is Christmas as in the way Die Hard is a Christmas movie? Now Isn't wait it? a minute. Now that's... don't get me. I'm going to send you a rubric that I created, and I will also put this in the show notes because you mentioned it. But I went okay. through and time-stamped every mention of Christmas, every <laughs> Christmas song that is played, every Christmas tree and wreath on screen. Was that a very boring day you were having? <laughs> I think it was well invested. It was several years ago I was trying to convince uh, my friend that Die Hard was a Christmas movie. Hey, Nate. <laughs> and I, I think it worked. So I'll send that yeah. to you, William. You can let me know your review. No, I completely agree, yes. Oh, well, there is. you go. Very, very good. Yeah. Well, all right, we actually have a ton of news, William. We're deep in December, and still Apple is like releasing press releases every other day, it seems like, with new features, not even rumored before, just completely new. So we're going to talk about all of that. Two quick five-star review shout-outs. AJ Picard from the USA. He's actually the developer of the uh, Zozo app I mentioned last week. So thank you, AJ. Oh. And CarKid989 from the USA. The other 988 were taken. <laughs> I, stole your, I stole your joke, William. I That's was it, ready. Know. As soon as I heard a digit, I was yeah. ready. But I no. know. I know. It's okay. a joke. But, well, I want to get your thoughts on this, William, because iOS 16.2, the release candidate, is out for both the developer and public beta. The public release of 16.2, I imagine, will be next week because the week after is like Christmas week, and I don't see Apple doing that. So oh, yeah. probably next week everyone will have it. But if you want to jump on that public beta, which I was not on, and then just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I don't know if you got that movie reference. I don't know how well I did that. 
Yeah, thanks, William. Uh, anyway, I put the public beta back on my iPad because I had to try Apple Music Sing. And we're, we're going to talk about these features in depth. But the features that are coming in 16.2, we have the Freeform app that you'll be available on iPad and macOS 13.1. Apple Music Sing, basically a karaoke feature in Apple Music. We'll get to that. Advanced data protection, which is end-to-end encryption for iCloud backups and more which is very cool. Some additional always-on display wallpaper settings, and uh, actually very welcome, actually. Medication and sleep widgets on the lock screen. Live activities for the Apple TV app for like sports scores and stuff, which I thought was interesting. And Apple Home, which I know you've had issues with your Apple Home, but the whole back end is upgraded in 16.2. We talked about that on HomeKit Insider a couple weeks ago. And then the AirDrop thing, which 10 minutes, which real quick, I mean, the airdrop, this actually happened in China first, and it seemed like the Chinese government requested that airdrop to everyone. You know, you can set for no one, contacts only, or everyone. And they wanted to limit the everyone to 10 minutes because they had lots of protests going on. And apparently in China, that's how some of the protesters were sharing things was via airdrop because sometimes the internet is restricted and unable to send certain things. So it was launched in China, and then now it is global in 16.2 the everyone airdrop is limited to 10 minutes and then it falls back to contacts only. I feel like maybe they should have left on everyone. Apparently in some schools and education systems, the everyone airdrop is used in a classroom to great effect where a teacher can send things to anyone at any time and they don't have to worry about contacts. But I don't know. Did you have any thoughts on the airdrop thing? I hadn't thought of the school situation. That makes sense. That now makes me think. Previously, I thought, okay, possibly not brilliant having the Chinese government deciding apple features but you know it's 10 minutes mm. i never said it to everyone anyway so i was all right with it but that is a very specific use case where yeah yeah i don't mind you the idea of every school kid having an iphone and an ipad it's a different <laughs> world right well the, the ipads especially i know even in yeah. elementary schools they're now they're everywhere and i know that in some like planes and stuff people were abusing the airdrop where they would just send pictures to random people which if they are inappropriate and bad photos, don't send those. But also, if they're like funny memes, that could be really funny on a flight. You know what I mean? Just sending them to random people. But I'm not, no, I'm not convinced. You don't I, want that? Okay, I okay. don't want to be open to everyone. <laughs> it's happened to me once, and actually it was useful. But still, it felt oddly invasive. Uh, I mean, that's a big word for a small thing in this case. But I didn't like it when it suddenly happened. So um, yeah. It is a strange feeling when you're not expecting it. You don't think you have everyone chosen for airdrop and all of a sudden there's like a prompt, like, you know, cause it takes over your screen. Mm. It's not even like a little notification that drops down. It's like, here's a pop-up window on your iPhone screen with a preview of the picture. That's the other thing with the whole yeah. inappropriate pictures and why they wanted to close that down. Because even if you don't accept it, you see the preview mm. right there on your screen. So, I mean, I get that. And I guess funny memes are not worth it. I don't know. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, what is worth it? William, is Apple Music Sing, which we're going to be demoing live on the show in just a few minutes. William is warming up. <clears throat> Mame mi mo mu. Mm, I'm getting ready. Are you ready? Yeah, as I'll ever be. Uh -huh. <laughs> so this was not even rumored. This was one of those features that Apple obviously kept a great lid on. And then all of a sudden in the release candidate of 16.2, Apple Music Sing is there. So basically... Right now, it's hard to find which songs support it, but I imagine once there's a public release, Apple will do like a featured section and say like, mm. here are all the songs you could do it with. So I'm sure that'll come next week. But Apple Music Sing, you can go to like a whole new world from the Aladdin soundtrack. And as you're listening to it, 
you can hit the lyrics button, which is a little like speech bubble icon when you're listening to a song. It pulls up the lyrics that scroll live, follow along with the song. And if a song supports Apple Music Sing, there's a little microphone icon now. And when you tap the microphone, a slider appears and you can actually lower the lead vocal audio, the volume, and it really almost muted completely. So then you can sing over the track and continue to follow along with the lyrics. I had to try it. This is what got me going back on the public beta. And it is really cool. It's not perfect. Sometimes the lead vocal like will be a little loud for a second and then, you know, but you know, Apple's working on it. I'm sure songs, I don't know what artists or songs, if they have to do anything to support it, if there's like a checkbox. Did you read anything about that? I'm not I sure. I don't believe so. Uh, it's interesting that it's not universally supported. It's not just every song. There, There is a website that uh, will strip out, it says it will strip out the vocal from uh-huh. any track. And I haven't tried it, but I imagined, you know, voice recognition, certain frequencies. You could see it happen, but you'd think it would be all or nothing. In this case, the fact that it's a selection yeah. suggests there's something more to it. But seriously, this is what brought you back onto the beta tests. Because, really? Lisa, it was a little bit of FOMO. I was missing it out a little bit, and so I wanted to, I wanted to be on the in crowd. I wanted to like try it out, and it is very cool. I think the timing of this feature release is amazing. Doing it right before the holidays when people will be with family and friends. Uh, you mean when we were all expecting Apple Music Classical? They did the old switcheroo I, on us <laughs> and gave us this instead. <laughs> I am a little. I wish that Apple Music Classical had also launched. I'm with you there because I've been looking forward to it all year. Yeah, We talked about it last week. That was one of the things that Apple promised for 2022. They said when they purchased Prime Phonic, the app last yeah. year, 2021, they said next year we'll launch an Apple Music Classical app and it has not come out. There's still time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could come out with the public release of 16.2. Maybe they, maybe they saved it. They didn't want Apple Music Sing to overshadow Mozart and Brahms. Maybe. Very very similar audiences. Yes, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> now listen, if Mozart's Lacrimosa will come out on Apple Music Sing, I will literally sing along with that because I sang that in choir in high school and I'll do, I'll do Apple Music Sing. I'll even do a video of that. But you can do that anyway in the privacy of your own shower and not you know wreck there's great reverb in the shower too i see trevor Noah on the daily show suggesting that this feature should extend to podcasts so that you could just replace (laughs) the guest and be answer the questions (laughs) yes be the interviewee that's pretty hilarious yeah well and one of the other features hilariously is you know when you look at the lyrics in apple music sometimes the background vocal lyrics will appear just as the normal ones and it's hard to distinguish well, in Apple Music Sing, mm. background vocal lyrics will actually be pushed to one side when you're viewing the lyrics scroll by, so you can actually tell, like, here's the lead, sing this, don't sing the background. Or, if, like, William, if you'd like to do the background vocals while I sing something, you could do that too. We can do that. Well, I'm, I'm known for my doo-wops. Yeah. You see, even that is actually musical. Why are you doing this to me? Well, I'm sorry. I sang a cappella, so, you know, it just comes out. But, or I will say, when it comes to karaoke, I, it doesn't sound like you've ever done karaoke or ever cared no. to. So, no. <laughs> okay. uh, what's the acronym for fine with missing out? Um, <laughs> F W M O. There you go. With FOMO. Me. You yeah. got FOMO, FOMO and FOMO. FOMO. Yeah, very good. Yes. <laughs> well, I will say, like, we used to visit a family member's house uh, for Christmas Eve, and they really loved doing karaoke, which I will attest that I cringe whenever it starts. But if once we're in the middle of a song, like it can be fun, like it can be a thing. And the karaoke machines that even like are available today are terrible. 
like trying to connect it to a TV and figuring out like microphone stuff. Like it, it was never a good experience. And so this is going to be available on Apple TV, iPad, iPhone, like everywhere. This actually will be a better experience for people who want to do karaoke than like the weird boombox style things you connect to your TV. So uh, I'm for it. I think it was cool and I'll try it out at least one. I just, I feel we have a different idea of what makes a good experience here. What, yeah. Do you think they should have done something different or you just don't want a karaoke ever at all? I'm not going to, you know, say nobody should have it, but <laughs> nobody needs it. And oh, Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> if this had come out during like the height of COVID, my goodness, they would have been like entire YouTube channels of Apple Music sing karaoke for sure. Mm. Yeah. But anyway, well, since William's not super enthused about Apple Music sing, maybe you're enthused about iCloud advanced data protection. Are you excited about that? Yeah, actually, I think I, I was particularly excited when the FBI said it was a terrible, <laughs> terrible thing. I thought, ooh, <laughs> there's more to this than I thought. And so, yes. yay, Apple. Yeah. So, so the story is, this has long been rumored. We imagined Apple would do this, but Apple announced they're calling it advanced data protections. And it's really just end-to-end -end encryption for more things in iCloud. And specifically, iCloud backups, messages in iCloud, those will be end-to-end -end encrypted where not even Apple has the key to access that data. Most of these uh, features are coming in 2023. Some will be coming in 2022, but like iMessage contact key verification is actually an additional feature where if you're like a journalist or someone that's communicating with like a, a contact, like this is, real, this is real like thriller movie TV show type stuff. If you're like contacting someone and you need to be sure it is exactly that person you think you're contacting, there's now an iMessage contact verification key where it will warn you if it's possible that the person on the other side of the conversation might have activated a new device, maybe an unrecognized device, and it's possible it's not the person you think it is, like pretty wild stuff. Does that detect when someone puts a handkerchief over the mouth and mumbles <laughs> a little bit? It, it, it can even detect when someone puts on one of those plastic mustaches and glasses masks. Amazing. It's amazing. amazing. No, that's not yeah. true. That's not a real thing. But uh, yeah, apparently that security keys for Apple ID, you can even get like the hardware NFC security keys to unlock your iCloud data if you'd like to do that. So the actual new categories are iCloud backup notes and photos. And we're going to talk about the photo ramifications in a moment with the whole CSAM that was mm -hmm. announced a year ago. But in addition, so those are the things that are additions now to the advanced data protection. The only things not included now in this end-to-end -end encryption is iCloud mail, contacts and calendar mostly because like you need to be able to email people all over the world contacts and calendar systems need to be more universal so mail contacts and calendars are the only things now not included in this advanced data protection again this was wanted for a long time this is one of those things where iMessage conversations were end-to-end -end encrypted but if you backed up your iMessage conversations to iCloud that wasn't encrypted before but now with these advanced data protections it will be encrypted you do have to manually enable this this is not going to be on by default. And I don't know if you watched the Craig Federighi, Joanna Stern interview, mm. but Craig Federighi made it clear, like we want users to understand this is taking on a level of responsibility where if something happens where you can't access your device or forget your password, things like that, like we really, Apple has no way of helping you. Apple has no way of getting that data or recovering it, but you can set up recovery contacts, which will be one of the prompts when you turn this on giving someone else the ability to help you regain access to your account and those hardware recovery keys and even printable recovery keys where you can print out like a long string, put it in a safe, and now you have a physical key 
like letters and numbers that you can bring assume to an Apple store and unlock it. So I think this is great. This is really cool. Mm. Are you going to be turning this on? I think so. Yeah, I'm just thinking, who else will I turn it on for that I know and not mm. mention it to and hope that they forget their password? Uh, <laughs> oh, just, were... so I, just for giggles. <laughs> I thought you were trying yeah. to help out family members like ca- singing karaoke with them, but no, you want to sabotage. Uh, want well, to sabotage. I think but those, those are both the same thing, aren't they? The karaoke and the... It's all, wow. It's oh, you, all... Really, you really have it out. You really have it out for karaoke. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I didn't set out to be grumpy today. I was happy today. Oh, I said the karaoke then, brought you down. Okay. Well, I'm let's talk about kid. something that might make you happy, which was the FBI's response to this. Which, mm. So this makes it inherently difficult, nigh impossible, for law enforcement agencies to access data from possible suspects they're pursuing. And really, Apple can do nothing. Like Apple doesn't have the keys to this data. So the FBI had a comment to the Washington Post He said they are, quote, deeply concerned with the threat end-to-end and user-only access encryption poses. And they went on to say it will hinder their ability to protect the American people from criminal acts because they won't be able to see your text messages, William. And what did you you think about that? Well, uh, this is awful to say, but the rest of that quote, they're going to be very specific. That we won't be able, it isn't just we won't be able to protect Americans, we won't just be able to stop crime. It's, uh, we won't be able to protect acts against violence against children. So, you know, like a hot trigger phrase there. Let's just tip that in. And they've also, they've gone the opposite way with the whole thing of wanting to break encryption with a back door that's just just a stupid idea. They're now calling it, uh, what's the phrase they've got that that sounds so reasonable? Lawful access Uh, by design. Yes. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh (laughs) Right. I feel like I heard the world's smallest violin playing for the (laughs) FBI when they made this statement. I think that was the case. Yes. I mean, I'm not even going to play devil's advocate. Like, I understand this as being a general concern but also over the history of the iphone there's maybe been there's no there's never been a case where i think the fbi asked apple to gain access to a device and apple provided it i don't think that has ever happened i think there have been cases where law enforcement sought out like hacker type people to break into an iphone and they've been able to do that but apple has never helped them before and if that's the case it doesn't seem like this is going to hinder them any more than Apple has hindered them throughout the history of the iPhone. Does that sound well, right? Well, to be clear, uh, Apple will not unencrypt things for anybody. But um, when iCloud backups and things weren't encrypted, they have handed that over okay. to law enforcement. So I remember there's this thing with um, William Barr uh, really ripping into Apple for not helping uh, law enforcement about a week after he'd really praised Apple for directly helping law enforcement and stuff. So, oh, you know. I see. Well, and that won't be able, they won't be able to be do that anymore. No iCloud backup. No. Apple won't even have the key for it uh, to do it. So I'll be curious. I'm sure there will be cases as soon as this launches and the FBI runs into a situation where they can't access information they want. I'm sure we will hear about it and we will see like what the actual ramifications are of this. But mm. I'll be turning it on, advanced data protection yeah. and, and probably for my family and setting everyone up as recovery contacts. I would highly recommend doing that. Uh, spoil sport. Come on. <laughs> well, you want, you want no recovery ability? You just say... None. Let's <laughs> do it or not. <laughs> Live on the edge. Yes. <laughs> wow. That's, I, I mean, this includes photos too, which I think is one of the things, whenever I sit in an Apple store, like for whatever reason, and I hear someone's tale of woe, and they just can't get into their iPhone because it has all mm. the pictures in there, and that's the one thing they want. Mm. It really does break my heart. Like it's so sad. And so 
For that reason alone, tell your friends, tell your family, set up recovery contact. So if anything were to happen, that someone could help them get to their iCloud data, which includes their entire photo library. Like that alone, I think, is, is worth the recovery contact. Don't listen to William. Yes. Since, yeah. he's, no, he's, I'm with you. On that. Oh, okay. Okay. Just, okay. You know. okay. William agrees on the photos. <laughs> Very good. He just doesn't agree on karaoke, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the ramifications of the advanced data protections, especially when it comes to photos, is the CSAM image scanning, which was the the child Mm. abuse material photos and videos. This was one of the three announcements that was made last August, 2021, where using special keys and different kinds of encryptions that Apple would be able to identify if someone had multiple counts of CSAM material on their photos that were being uploaded to iCloud. And they were being very specific to say, only on images uploaded to their iCloud photo library. Well, with this end-to-end encryption, if someone were to enable it, CSAM scanning is not possible because Apple doesn't even have access to these photos even as they're being uploaded. So they actually released a statement and Apple said, quote, we have further decided to not move forward with our previously proposed CSAM detection tool for iCloud photos. Children can be protected without companies combing through personal data and we will continue working with governments, child advocates, and other companies to help protect young people. So the whole CSAM image scanning is now dropped as a feature. Mm-hmm. We won't see that coming at all. And it is just now the child safety features are about Siri and search, where if someone is searching for inappropriate material that the iPhone or whatever Apple device will warn them and give them resources. And then if like nude images or inappropriate images are trying to be sent or possibly received, that there'll be a warning for children's devices I think if it's 13 or younger, or maybe anyone as part of an iCloud family as a child. But the CSAM image scanning is no more. Not going to be a thing. I'm actually surprised about this. I always figured Apple would back off because of all the noise and would slowly slip it in later. When has Apple actually done this before? It completely dropped something. I can't think air of power. The time. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think air power might have been the last thing. Yeah, I don't know about a software feature. Apple Music Classical might be the first. I don't know. Or, well, this will be the first. We'll have to see where Apple Music Classical goes. Well, they did drop the whole of Aperture just as I was enjoying it. Oh, that is true. Oh, and they did drop Final Cut Pro. uh, When they released Final Cut Pro 10, they they destroyed their whole Hollywood footprint in that update. And then they dropped loads of things from Pages as well, but they've slowly brought them back. Okay. Yeah, I should have expected it then, really, shouldn't I? Okay. Well, I, I'm with you. I thought it was going to be like a slip under the radar thing mm. because every other cloud service company, Google, Microsoft, Amazon, they already do this. Yeah. You know, that was part of the news when the Apple announced the CSAM thing was that all this like uproar, none of it was around when Amazon, Microsoft or Google enabled it. And they all do it server side. Mm. They all scan everybody's photos for CSAM material right now and have been doing it for years. So I did think it was a little surprising that Apple is going to go a different route. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I can't really be in the future because if you end-to-end encrypt photos and even iCloud photo backups, like I guess there's nothing they can do. Yeah, I can't imagine Apple undoing uh, the new security features to slip in right. this. So yeah, it's it's gone. So yeah, yeah. so no no more. But that's that's a lot of the major changes to iOS 16.2. Again, everything is going to be updated. TVOS 16.2, watchOS 9.2, I believe. I imagine it's all going to be coming next week because the release candidate is already out there. I mean, if you really can't wait, you really want to try singing a duet with William, 
you can get the public beta 16.2. Yeah, that would do it. That's all you need. Public <laughs> beta. You need. Yeah. That's all you need. And uh, I, I mean, I wish you could like start an Apple Music Sing session and send a request to someone to join you like in a duet. That'd be great. Because there is a duet feature. Yes, that would be thrilling. I, I would send you requests all the time. I would, that would be amazing. Oh, I can answer them all right now if it would save you <laughs> And <any> deny time. <laughs> all. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by our friends at Collide. Traditional endpoint security tools can make your workplace feel like a surveillance state. It turns users and the IT team into adversaries and ultimately drives your employees to work on unsecured personal devices. Well, it doesn't have to be this way. Collide is a device security solution built around honest security. Their philosophy is that employees aren't your biggest security risk, they're your biggest allies and your relationship with them should be based on transparency and informed consent. Collide works by notifying your employees of security issues via Slack and giving them step-by-step -step instructions on how to resolve those problems themselves. Let's say you have an employee that saves some passwords or encryption keys in a text file on their computer. Well, Collide will see that and knows that that's not the best practice for security. It will send them a private Slack message and give them the steps to take to make sure they do it correctly and securely. For IT and security teams, Collide provides the right level of visibility for Mac, Windows, and Linux devices, and it can answer questions about your fleet security that traditional MDMs can't. You can meet your security goals without compromising your values. Visit collide.com slash Apple Insider to find out how. And if you follow that link, they'll hook you up with a goodie bag just for activating a free trial. That's a free goodie bag for the holiday season when you activate a free trial. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com, collide dot com slash Apple Insider. And that link is also in the show notes. Our thanks to Collide for sponsoring this episode. Now, I have not got a chance to play with it, but the other big release in 16.2 is Freeform, which I mentioned before. Yes. It's a collaborative, like, whiteboard, open canvas style collaboration tool. Have you played with it at all? Yes, actually. Um, I did a, a quite a big project in it to just to try it out. Um, and it turned out that it wasn't that great for that project. But I thought it's very well done. Uh, that was a project just for me, so I didn't do any of the collaboration stuff with it. And I'm not I think it feels like a good brainstorming feature for one person. The idea of me working in one corner and you coming over and scribbling over the top of it saying, no, that's not how you spell myriad or something. Well, it is, <laughs> you know, and you know, that kind of thing troubles me a bit. I was shocked, actually, by how familiar it was. It's like it's bits of Apple Notes, bits of Keynote, right. bits of Pages. Uh, so I felt actually really quite at home straight away with it. It does. It does feel like all of that, like Apple Notes meets yeah. Keynote and all that kind of stuff. You can do like sticky notes in a free form, and then you can mm -hmm. add like many things. Like you can add photos, videos, take something with the camera, scan something, add a link, a web link, and insert a file, uh, a folder. So it's a. Uh, it seems pretty cool. I know people like doing things on um, like MindNode. I don't know if this yeah, could be I like use a MindNode. Mind yeah, yes. I've, I've used MindNode before. I don't know if it's exactly that. I know there are other like collaboration tools like, um, is it Millinote? It seemed to me that Freeform felt like an iPad app, that that's where it would be best at. And even then I thought actually it's best yet with a, an Apple Pencil and things. Have you tried it on the Mac? Do you know how it is there? I have not tried it there. No, me neither. No. I'm, I mean, I imagine it's like notes where you can draw on a note on a Mac, but it's just not. Not Wait, can well. you? Yeah. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I just said that. I don't even know if you can. Let me see. Yeah, you can add a sketch. Oh, right. Oh, but 
But when you add a sketch, it actually connects to one of your iPhone or iPad devices. Wow. So mm-hmm. you can't actually draw like with the mouse, basically. Okay. Mind you, who can draw with the mouse? So good yeah. point. That's a good yeah. point. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Very good. Um, so anyway, keep an eye out for that. We'll let you know if uh, it, when it launches. Obviously, AppleInsider.com. Keep an eye out there. One of the other updates that will come to the macOS, not a ton of features specifically there. You've got the Freeform app and stuff. But Find My, you're finally going to be able to, on the Mac, open the Find My app and uh, bing your AirTags. So before, you couldn't, like, make your AirTags make a sound to, like, find it. You had to go to your iPhone or your iPad. But uh, now you'll be able to do that from your Mac. So there you go. It's a weird thing. I mean... Why would it not have always been there? Yeah, I don't and know. the fact that I didn't notice it wasn't there probably shows just how often I use Find My on the Mac. It's kind of automatically you reach for the iPhone to do it. But, you know, well, it's nice. Yeah, and I feel like if you can't find something, it's probably because you're standing or walking somewhere. And so you, you're yeah. going to use it on your iPhone, I think, more than your Mac. But hmm. but it's helpful, especially if you want to make a sound on like one of your family members' devices, if they're part of the, the family thing. But I will say AirTags, great holiday gift. Looking for a stocking stuffer? I think AirTag is great. I was curious, how many AirTag batteries have you changed? I imagine you have some AirTags, right? Uh, between us uh, here in the house, we have four uh, AirTags, one of which appears to be lost, which seems quite funny to me, but, you know, there you go. Uh, I Wait a minute, wait, what do you mean lost? What does it say? As in, uh, it's not mine, it's uh, my wife's and it doesn't appear because I think she hasn't ever set it up, and we've only just discovered this a uh, year and six months in. <laughs> so she doesn't know where it is. It hasn't got a battery in it at all. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. You bought it and didn't set it up. I didn't. I mean, I set up mine. So it's now yeah. lost. And she uses one of hers, so we don't know where it could be. But Wow. Um, after... About a year, I remember noticing that my AirTag was, uh, at that time, AirTags showed the battery level. I mean, very approximately, but they showed the battery level in the Find My app. And it was going, you're fine. Everything's great. In the green, great. And then suddenly, oh, no, you're not. Down to red and just a pixel of red. Right. Um, and I don't know what was going on there. But I did change the battery in both of my AirTags at that time. And a few weeks later, I had the low battery warning again on one of them. So... I, I, did I just get a dodgy battery somehow? I'm, I don't know what's happening there. I don't know. I mean, I bought a bunch of AirTags at launch, and one of the ones that I bought on launch day, it, now, it has a low battery warning. So this is now, what, a year and a half? Like it was Easily, April yeah. you know, 2021. It's lasted a while. I definitely have to change it. I wish you could see the battery icon throughout, like you were saying. Like I would love to know which ones are at like half, which ones are still mostly full, and you know, preemptively change some that might be low, but... And some have disappeared, uh, which I imagine those batteries may have died. Mm. <laughs> so mm. I should probably change those. I do. Maybe I this is that. just a UK thing. Maybe that you just need you need more iPhones and more iPads around. But I several times recently I've needed to find my car in an underground car park, and forget it. The AirTags work when you're touching the car, not up until that point. Right. Everywhere else, fine, and I've used them. Been very grateful for them, but not where I've needed them most. Huh. So. Interesting. Well, I'd be curious, uh, listeners, if how often you've been cheering, changing your AirTag batteries. I, th- I need to buy some batteries. I don't keep those like 2023 circle ones around. No, I bought some yesterday, actually. So, <laughs> Did you? <laughs> for okay. this express purpose. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, very good. I got to do that. I got to get some. Uh, real quick, USB-C, we talked about is probably coming to the iPhone 15 next year. But to be clear, the 
EU regulation, which the European Union passed that all mobile devices have to have USB-C if they're going to charge with a cable, only has to transition on December 28th, 2024. So technically, Apple could keep lightning on the iPhone 15 and even the 16 if it launches in September 2024, like they usually do. And it wouldn't be until the iPhone 17 that really has to, meaning it is required to have USB-C. I don't think they'll wait that long. Mm. I think we'll see USB-C probably on the iPhone 15, 16 on the latest, I guess. But just interesting that that's actually the deadline. Yeah. Deadline is the 2024, December 28th. Although, of course, speaking from the UK, I'm, I'm obliged to point out that here, uh, Britain is not following the EU rule. So obviously <laughs> Apple's just going to carry on doing lightning for us. Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, that's interesting. I've, right. I've, I guess I forgot about that. But Apple could... Like they put headphones in certain boxes for certain countries. I don't know if it was France or there was a South yes, American country. France, they, yeah. yeah, France. Like they keep putting the... Oh, in Brazil as well. You're right. Yes, right, so Brazil. Yeah. Apple is required to ship headphones with iPhones. And so for those two countries, they'll ship all the phones to those countries with those wired headphones still in the box. But you don't get that in the US or the UK or, or most places. Mm. So I, like Apple does make caveats. But this is like a manufacturing change. Like this is like product line. Like they're not going to just do USB-C for Europe and then lightning for everywhere else. Like no, you don't no. think, you don't imagine that, right? Yeah. The UK is such an important market uh, for Apple. It's far bigger than America or anything like that. Uh, uh-huh. They're definitely going to do a special UK version. Yeah, I think that was one of the things we voted for in Brexit. Oh, is know, it? Or at least, well, it's one. It makes more sense than some of the things, but you know. <laughs> right, right. I'm still waiting for you to start a uh, like a UK Brexit uh, political talk show, William. Right. I, I think How you would be miserable. Would that be? You would be excellent. You'd be excellent <laughs> at that. I think so. So that's that. Um, you had a great article, which is kind of funny too, about managing multiple Apple IDs. Yeah. And I wanted to talk about. The, I wanted to talk about this because I've run into different issues related to this as a whole. But tell me like your general premise, because I think you ended up just saying like, don't do it, right? Well, <laughs> That's how you manage If you can multiple. possibly avoid it, don't have more than one Apple ID. Um, I have three. And actually, I probably wouldn't be talking to you if I didn't have more than one, because one of them is for an American iTunes store access like 15 years ago, I found I could register for the US and get all you know, the, the free TV shows that used to be on iTunes every September. That stopped now, but every year, oh. the first episodes of great shows would be on there, and it was very good. And through that, I also got to use uh, American apps that, are, for whatever reason, weren't worldwide. And that meant I was able to talk to Apple Insider at all about things that were relevant to them. Right. So without that other ID, I probably wouldn't be here talking to you but the number of times it's driving me spare like right now my apple tv won't let me uh turn the apple tv into a home hub because i I get so mixed up over which apple id is the tv and which is the home hub maybe this is why i've got home kit problems today yeah no william plus wait a minute so so, like today yes why do you still use the multiple uh, the American one, because I have some uh, US services that are registered in that, so I need to keep doing it. Um, I think one of my publishing things goes through one of those, so that's kind of a business requirement. Um, I have also somehow, and I don't know how it started, I've got um, two UK ones, and some services are registered to one <laughs> that I think I signed up to on my Mac and the other one on my iPhone. And, you know, you don't th- because you don't think about it, you don't notice which ID 
you're doing. And I have a section now where um, you've done a really clever thing with getting four terabytes of iCloud storage mm -hmm. by combining IDs. And I've tried that, and for whatever reason, it won't work for me, and I really wanted to. Uh, but during that process, there was one brief moment where I suddenly thought I may have been paying for iCloud <laughs> Uh, extra storage on two accounts and not using them. <laughs> that I went pale till I found out that no, fortunately I hadn't. But yes, uh, the thing is, Apple will not allow you to merge Apple IDs right. ever. Right. So mm -hmm. what can you do about it? Uh, best thing is don't get don't go down that rabbit hole if you can. Now, do you have them all set up in an iCloud family together? Yes, and actually an Apple Genius recommended that to me, and I thought it was such a clever idea. I could get access to all the things from both services. But for some reason, uh, occasionally even that hits problems that I can't explain. Um, uh, there was one thing I wanted where I was not allowed to add myself to my own family. And there was, <laughs> you know, there was no, I mean, they, they just didn't like me that day. Perhaps oh, wow. they sensed my grumpiness or something, which I thought was just today over karaoke. But, you know. Wow. Well, that that is a complicated situation. I will yeah. just speak to the situation my wife ran into and we finally resolved it. She had an old iTunes account with a Hotmail email address, which, you know, back in the day, Hotmail was the thing here in the U.S. So it was Hotmail, and that was her iTunes and App Store purchases ID. Yeah. And when we finally set up an iCloud account, probably when she got her iPhone, whatever, I created it with her Gmail account because that was her main email address, and that's what she was using for everything. So her iCloud email was the Gmail address, but her iTunes and App Store media purchases was her old Hotmail address. Mm. And it worked for a while. It would get complicated sometimes when I wanted to share the Fantastical family subscription, because if you do the family subscription like through Apple's subscription services, because her email address was different from her iCloud to that yeah. media purchases email, like the subscription wouldn't link. So I had to do it like on Fantastical's website and I set it up fine there and then it was working. But there were just increasingly more issues with having that different email. And then eventually we lost access to that email. We didn't forget the password. Like it just, I guess, required a new password or wanted to do it. And it wouldn't let us change it. We couldn't log into that Hotmail email address. And so we couldn't like reset the password for that iTunes ID, whatever. Like it was really complicated. And we tried to do the Microsoft recover this account. They <laughs> didn't accept our ID. Like we did the whole thing where you send a picture of your driver's license and you take a selfie right. and Microsoft was like, nope, we're not having it. So I was like, we have to move your iTunes media purchases to your uh, the same email that's iCloud. Like let it, let's make it all the same. Because that's how ideally you should have it. Like let your iCloud yeah. be your iCloud and your iTunes and media app store purchases. Like just let it be the one account to rule them all. So I knew that one of the ramifications was her playlists in Apple Music would go away because her Apple Music account was working off that Hotmail email address. And when I had tried before to log into an Apple Music app, like on a Mac with her iCloud Gmail account, the playlists weren't there because the Gmail iCloud account did not have the purchase sharing, like the iCloud family subscription purchase sharing. And so- Actually, can I just stop yeah. you there? I need to do a Venn diagram yeah, yeah, yeah. to follow this. <laughs> I think that's probably, but sorry, did you fix this? Did you solve it? How? I, I'm getting there. Yeah, I'm getting there. 
So, so yeah, I'll, I'll cut it a little shorter. Sorry, I guess I'm rambling. No, but- no, I, I just couldn't resist the Venn diagram joke. I really wanted to know this because I think what you've done there is the solution to the problem I was having when I couldn't add myself there. So give me every detail. Yeah. Well, so basically I knew her playlists were going to go away once I moved her iTunes purchases. Like when I went on her iPhone, you go to settings, you go to your iCloud settings. So like you hit your name at the top and then you have media and purchases and you can view that account which is like you can sign out of that while still being signed into your iCloud. It's a little confusing, yeah. but the media and purchases account. And then also in settings, I went down to music and I logged out of the account there. Cause if you scroll to the very bottom, you'll see that you have an account signed into the music app as well. So I signed out of, of all of that with her from her hotmail. I removed her from the iCloud family sharing temporarily. I signed in with her Gmail iCloud, like the main one. I wanted everything to be there and signed in with that, added her back to the family sharing. It took a few minutes. So if you do this, don't get scared because it took a while for like, it said, sign up for Apple Music subscription. Like even though I signed into the iCloud family, it just took like overnight. Mm -hmm. I just let it go overnight and it finally figured itself out. But as you would expect, as I expected, all of her playlists for Apple Music were gone. Because this is a quote unquote different Apple Music account, the Gmail, you know, the new iCloud mm. Gmail account. So basically, you, there's no way to like move them all over. You can try to do it on a Mac where you like back up your library and then restore it after you sign into the newer address. But basically, what I told her was listen, we have, you can keep the Hotmail logged in on this old Mac we had, and any playlist she wanted, I just shared them via link. And she would just open them on her iPhone that's now signed in with the right Gmail iCloud account. And she was able to add all those playlists just kind of one by one. It was tedious. It was a little bit of culling because she didn't really care about all those playlists. We just got the important ones. Mm. But we were able to slowly move it over. And then the other annoyance is any app that you have ever downloaded that ever needs to update or sometimes it like requests authentication. It says you don't have, you haven't purchased this app. Because the app yeah. was downloaded with the Hotmail ID, not the new Gmail. And the new Gmail is what's on the iCloud family sharing. And so, like, purchases wouldn't be shared. The way around that, you delete the app and you reinstall it. Like, it's really that simple. Like, that's all you have to do is when the app throws up that warning, delete it, reinstall it, and then you're good to go. And now you won't be prompted ever before. And this is one of the things where you will see, like, if you ever... Uh, sign into a new device or like you bought a new iPhone and you're moving a device in that setup process. Sometimes it will say, Oh, you need to sign into this additional Apple ID Mm. to restore those purchases because this quote unquote backup or your old device has apps and purchases based on an older ID. And it's super annoying. And a lot of people probably don't even know what that what's happening, but basically slowly as apps are asking for that old email She's deleting the app, reinstalling it. Everything's slowly moving to the new iCloud account. The playlist she wants are in music. She's now sharing everything with the family like she was before. And I think we are good. But it was cumbersome and annoying. And you wonder why I recommend not having multiple appliances. (laughs) It's so true. Like if if you're setting up a friend or family member or you're trying to advise anyone, do not have a separate, not even multiple iCloud accounts, don't have a separate email for your media purchases or your app purchases than you do your iCloud. Like make it the same email address because it's going to cause issues in the future. It's super annoying. There's one thing I don't understand, Inspector. Um, 
What you just said there about deleting the app and reinstalling, that seems very clever. But what about her data that was in the app before she deleted it? Did she have to lose anything? No, the data's fine. Like, that's what's weird, because one one of the apps is Fourscore, which is a digital sheet music viewer. Yeah. She plays flute in an orchestra. She has lots of stuff there. Deleting the app and then reinstalling it, like, the data is still there, like, underneath. And, like, when she opened the new Fourscore app, it was all just there. And I, I've done this before also with Ferrite, which is the podcast editor app I use on iPad, where if I was on a test flight and I just want to install the new one, which Ferrite 3 just came out, highly recommend. But I could delete the test flight version, install the App Store public release version, and all of my data, like audio, projects, templates, like it's still all there. So she didn't have to lose any data like that. Most apps, you know, if they're syncing via an account, the, you know, that stuff syncs no problem. So it, it, it's been fine, but it just took a lot of work. It was annoying. I'm glad it's done. The other uh, Apple ID trickery that I've done before is because Apple families are only up to six people. And there was a time where I was trying to get like my parents onto our family in addition to our kids and all together, it's like seven. I had created like an additional Apple ID and invited one person to share the family purchases. And I was paying for like two Apple music subscriptions. Like it was weird. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend doing that. Don't do that. No, but no, I will say if for some reason your work has an Apple ID that you need to authenticate all the time, like the two factor thing, you can actually sign into multiple Apple IDs. If you go to the settings app and you go to mail, you go to accounts, you can add an account and you can add an iCloud account and you can turn off everything. Don't sync anything. Turn off mail, contacts, calendars, notes, reminders, turn off everything. But with that Apple ID in your phone, Whenever you have to sign into that Apple ID on the web, it can send that two-factor code to your phone. Mm. And you can have those multiple Apple IDs on your phone ready for two-factor authentication, even though they're not syncing anything. And that is a way to manage multiple IDs if you have to do it for work and stuff. That's very clever. I like that. Yeah, I recommend that. Anyway, that was a long tangent. That was that was the uh, Apple ID tech help, I guess. That was a war story. Really, <laughs> that was wasn't a war it? story. That's what I thought. Yeah. It's a pain in the neck. I, if you could just merge stuff, Hundred percent. I would. I would do that. Yes. I would totally do that. But can't. All right. A couple other quick things. Pixelmator had a huge update recently, and they actually added video editing to their Mac app, which is incredible. And if you make things like reels or videos for social media, this feels like the thing to do. Like this Pixelmator feature is awesome. Highly recommend you check it out. If you've never used Pixelmator before, like it's awesome. I know you love Pixelmator. Yeah, very much so. Um, I do think yeah, the way you said it, the way they say it, it sounds like you're not going to need Adobe Premiere or Final Cut Pro, that that's the type of video editing it does. And really what it does is prepares single clips that you can then, right. yeah, I hadn't thought of Reels, use them as Reels, but then import them into uh, a non-linear editing thing. And some of the, I'm, I'm doing that already. Uh, just yeah, yeah. It's in some ways easier than using Motion for some of the things that I was struggling to do before so good on them it's a fantastic tool and it's oh yeah ridiculously it's awesome. cheap compared to well emotions are very inexpensive but even that's more costly than pixelmator so yeah amazing right love it yeah i think pixelmator is like 30 bucks motion is 50 and motion i've tried to use it a couple of times and man it is challenging like it is a learning curve yeah i did an interview thing recently where i i unfortunately ended up with um Zoom recorded both sides of a video call because I made a mistake. I really only wanted the interviewee, uh, but because it was both and because 
therefore the picture quality was smaller. I, I needed to do both on screen at once. So I did an animation that moved me. I start in the front and then I just move out of the way as the important guest starts speaking. And I figured out how to do that and I was very pleased with myself for it. <laughs> nice. So uh, it's motion is very satisfying uh, as you get to do little bits in it yeah there you go very nice uh apple also announced new pricing tiers for apps and in-app purchases now up to ten thousand dollars which if you want to sell an app or in-app purchase for a thousand dollars or more you actually have to go through like an approval process which i think is a very good idea yes but if if apps want to do that there was that old app (laughs) basic apple guy tweets it out every once in a while the i am rich app do you remember that, William? Yes, yes, I do. I think it cost like ten thousand dollars or something ridiculous, and yeah. or maybe it was a thousand because that was the the maximum. But basically, you buy the like the app literally did nothing. It was just called "I Am Rich," and I guess it was <laughs> like the ultimate like wealth communicating a thing. If you have that app, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's weird. But anyway, yeah. So now up to ten thousand dollars. Curious what'll be the first one that'll cost ten thousand. That phew. What what would even be worth that? I don't even know. I mean, I'm life support dependent on certain apps, but am I that much? I don't know. Speaking of things that are too expensive, Twitter is planning to charge $11 for iPhone users for Twitter Blue. There you go. Yes, uh, that's the thing that's going to stop me doing it. Yeah, no other reason (laughs) at all. I'm I'm really, (laughs) I'm just really curious, like what the eventual feature set is going to be like if it's going to include verification or not like that has been it's been a mess yeah i don't want to i don't want to that makes me feel like karaoke makes you feel william that's all i'll say about that (laughs) okay Uh, yeah exactly self-service repair actually is now launched in europe so it was has been in america and now europe does it include the uk you guys have Uh, yes it does there are only a few countries in europe but it does include the uk although weirdly um even though apple says it's out in europe um when you go to the Apple's self-service repair store, it only gives you U.S. prices. And Apple's own releases only took U.S. So I wasn't able to see how much any of this stuff costs. But then, frankly, I am, like most people, I am never going to spend several hundred pounds renting a tool to break my iPhone. That's just not going to happen. So. <laughs> not break it, repair it, William. It's yeah. a repair program. Yeah, that, that's, that's in the name but I don't think it's really, uh, yeah, this is not something sure, sure. regular people are going to use, I okay. think. All yeah. right. And then uh, finally, I'll let this be the finally. This is your rumor, William. I think you're the you're the leaker, right? About the Apple car? Uh, that uh, Apple outed. car <laughs> coming 2026 now, supposedly? I don't know. No, I, I can prove it wasn't me. I can refute this because the rumors do not mention the color. And that's mm. what I would have gone for. You know? That's how we'll know it's a William Gallagher rumor if it says it'll be a blue Apple car. Yeah, exactly. I don't understand how we have rumors for a 2026 release. That's not that far away. That's only three years. Yeah, but isn't it always about three years away when the car oh, is coming? So that's true. Yeah, yeah. We'll in per- just just in perpetuity, three years out. Uh, I too, actually, I feel I've been grumpy, and we're talking about things that might not happen years in the future. Like, can I just tell you something that made me happy and has happened this week? Okay. Yeah, please. Slow Horses on Apple TV Plus. It's oh. uh, Apple TV Plus's first ever nomination uh, for the Writers Guild of Great Britain awards oh. now i actually i'm i'm deputy chair of the writers guild um and i'm involved mm-hmm. in some of the organizer stuff and i didn't know that it was shortlisted until the announcement came out so like 
possibly my favourite show of the last year has been recognised by my favourite Writers Guild. I think, yes, it's great. All right, so, that's very good. Well, I didn't know that was your favourite show. Very cool. Yeah, well, season two has just dropped uh, right. now, and it's so tense. It's so tense. It's great. Yes, <laughs> looking forward to the rest of that. Yeah. Now, did you see Spirited, though? Good. Yeah, I looked at the trailer and I thought, yeah, no, I need oh, to watch dishwasher, dishwasher. I thought maybe I could do some karaoke instead. Wow. It, it looks dreadful. Is it actually really good and I should give it a go? I don't know. I'm scared to recommend anything to you. You haven't tried it either, have you? No, I watched it. I watched <laughs> it. I did, I did a whole review on my movie podcast of it. I'm, oh, I mean, okay. I'm scared to recommend things to you because you still haven't watched Ted Lasso. So I, I don't... Yes, that's not your fault. You know what? Don't Don't watch Spirited. Don't watch Spirited at all. Don't even try it, William. Don't even get near it. Uh-huh. Don't do not do it. I might read the script if it's knocking around, and then we will see. Okay? You might read the script. <sighs> okay. Well, you let me know. You let me know if you see it. I enjoyed it. It's a musical. Ah, so you are recommending it. Aha. Okay. I'm it talking just, to our listeners. I'm not so talking to you. From the I'm talking to our listeners. Get out of here. Go watch Ted Lasso. My goodness. So at the start, we were going to be singing buddies, and now I'm cast aside. I'm ready. Hold on, let me pull something up here. Let me pull something up on Apple Music uh, Sing. What's what's one of your favorite music artists, William? Dar Williams, Suzanne Vega. um, I'm really into churches suddenly. Um, Okay. Church is spelled C-H-V-R-C-H-E-S, yeah. Right, right. Let me see. Tom's Diner. 1987. I don't think Apple Music Sing is going right. to work. Right. Tom a acapella. I think that's pushing it. Actually, that's a funny you thought. The karaoke version of an acapella song. You can just switch <laughs> off the music and sing it anyway, <laughs> can't you? Okay. I mean, if you could do like uh, uh, just mute the bass part, that'd be cool. I don't know. Right. There was no bass part in the original. You're looking at the, the quite famous and very good remix but you know i'm pure here i go for the artists uh when i sing i sing the real thing that's that's what it is yeah yeah all right i'm gonna see if there's apple oh there's no uh apple music sing available for any of these churches songs so oh yeah i'll have to wait we'll wait for the the major release and then we'll do our duet william we'll do that okay suddenly wondering about recording and broadcasting of uh, music even through this system um, just I think there are licensing issues here otherwise I'd be right up for it quite clearly okay yeah. alright well listeners let us know what would you like William and I to do it <laughs> live on the show you can tweet at William and myself our Twitter names are in the show notes you can support the show maybe we'll make it a bonus episode just William and I singing duets you can find those directly on Apple Podcasts or at patreon.com slash Apple Insider and of course I leave us five star review uh, last few of the year last just a couple episodes of the year and uh, yeah crazy that'll be 2023 it'll be, it'll be fun so anyway thanks for joining me William thank you it's been fun see you later listeners